Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. I am a relationship coach, and I use attachment theory to help people heal outdated attachment ideas related to childhood and our upbringing in order just to live abundant, confident, happy lives. Um, Attachment theory has helped me so much in my own life. It's helped me through a lot of things in my own marriage, in my own career, with healing my money attachment. We can be attached to money. And now I'm working on how to attachment parenting because I just had a son. So if you're new to this podcast, hello, welcome. I'm excited to have you here. And this week, what we're going to be talking about is myths about dating. I'm thinking this is going to be a recurring series. Might be a little too early to call it, but I'm feeling pretty confident about it. And today we're going to talk about the myth, my city is the worst. Have you felt this way? I know I have. I live in San Francisco, a very busy city, and I hear this all the time, like legit all the time. I was once um, a guest on the podcast called Dating on the Bay, and she spelled that B-A-E, kind of like, you know, your Beyonce fans. And she she and I talked about dating, and she always – I mean, I've heard her talk about the, on the podcast so many times about how um, dating in San Francisco is legit the worst. And I am a product of my product. So listen, I dated in San Francisco. I was on all the apps. I had a great time. There were some ups. There were some downs. There were some great dates. There were some disappointing dates. And um, I actually met my husband on the apps, and we met on Tinder. I know, might be dating myself a little bit. I've heard Tinder has changed quite a bit. Although back in the day, it was, you know, still very much a hookup app. But yeah, we met on Tinder. We're still happily married eight years later. And uh, we haven't been married for eight years, but we've been together for eight years. And I just really want to talk about why this statement, my city is the worst, is actually a myth. I know, it's wild. So let's get into this. Why is this a myth? Because let me tell you, every single person I talk to that lives in an urban area absolutely believes this statement as fact about their city. I've heard this about New York. I've heard of this about Seattle. I've heard this about LA. Oh my God. I've heard this so much about LA on this podcast, on this very podcast. People have talked about how dating in LA is so difficult. And recently I was a guest or or co-hosting an event for an author, Whitney Covison, who wrote a fantastic rom-com about dating in Paris as a divorcee. And she too lines out why dating in Paris is absolutely the worst. And here's the deal. If we're all thinking it, then it can't actually be true, right? (laughs) Like if we think this city is the worst and over in LA, they think that city is the worst. Something's actually going on with our mindset about dating. And we're actually blaming something, right? We're blaming something else so that we don't have to take ownership 
over uh, what we believe is happening to us. Like we think this situation is happening to us. But actually, dating in general is just pretty hard. That's that's the truth. Like it's two people meeting each other, being vulnerable, figuring out if they're compatible, figuring out if there's an attraction. And that's can be quite difficult. So I'm gonna posture just a couple reasons of what could really be going on here (laughs) and conclude that no, indeed, your city is not actually the worst to date in, but actually dating is just a hard thing to do. So the first thing I want to talk about, and I've heard this a lot is choice theory, right? So in this day and age, we're actually confronted with so many different options. And that's the beauty of the internet. Thank you, Uncle Jeff Bezos, for providing us with so many different options, right? You go to Amazon and you type in, okay, I want to buy, what was the most recent thing I bought? I bought um, a cover for my stroller, a rain cover. So I, there was, I was presented with so many different options, 10 options. All of a sudden now I got to read all the reviews. I got to read the description. I got to figure out the measurements of each one. And so instead of going to a store where they're only going to have one option, thank you, Target. (laughs) Instead, I'm confronted with so many different choices. So that's what's happening when you're dating online. The beauty of this is like before online dates, what were we doing? We were meeting people in person. We were also putting ads in the classifieds. Like that was how we were able to amplify our choice options by putting things into a newspaper and hoping that other people would be interested in what you said in your ad. And then they would call you on the telephone. And for anyone that is listening, that it was born after the 1990s, (laughs) the telephone landline was a phone that plugged into the wall that your mom had access to. (laughs) So, well, I mean, you know, if you lived with your mom. So, um, things have changed a little bit. And with that, we're getting more options. So the beauty of it is that when you're online dating in a city, you're actually getting to be have access to a specific pool of people that are looking for something similar to what you're looking for. And I say similar because people are on the apps for all kinds of reasons. Some people are looking to hook up. Some people are looking for serious relationships. Some people are in relationships looking for more relationships. Some people are legit just trying to cheat on their spouses or their partners. So there's a lot of different like reasons people are on the apps, but you're at least self-selecting a smaller group of people through the apps that are interested in what you're interested in. And the beauty is like, oh my God, you can select age if you're interested in, and you have like access to all like different ways of communicating with them and learning about them. You can watch videos, you can see chats. Of course, there's a huge issue with racism on these apps, which is a bigger issue about online culture in general, but it is at least a great way to get a quick intro to people that are interested in dating, right? Um, but with those options, we all of a sudden we're like, well, now are we picking the best one? <laughs> I have so many options and I can continue to go back to this source for more options in the future. So this means that all of a sudden we're presented with all of these options and continuous infinite options forever. So that's, I've heard from, from other sources, this is one of the reasons why online dating is very difficult. And I also want you to realize that when you are thinking this belief, my city is the worst for dating, what's actually happening is you're putting yourself into dating lack. 
And when we're in victim mode, when we are in lack mode, we're not actually opening ourselves up to the true potential of what we want. And we're not thinking about the result that we want to get, but instead we're thinking about the result that we're not getting. So when you're dating, there's three things that have to happen. Number one, you have to believe in yourself. Like you have to believe that you are someone that is worthy of dating. And that word worthy is difficult. I work with so many clients on increasing their self-worth because if you have an insecure attachment type, and if you don't know attachment types, go listen to episode 102. If you have an insecure attachment type, often we outsource our self-worth to other people. And so we expect them to tell us that we're worthy. We expect them to tell us that we're valid. And so we're waiting for other people to tell us that we are worthy. But what's happening when you're dating is you actually have to believe that you yourself are worthy. And so if you're not there yet, come work with me. I want to help you get to worthiness. Worthiness is not necessarily a permanent state of being. Worthiness is a temporary state. And sometimes we're in it and then sometimes we get out of it. And so when you're falling off the wagon, it's really easy to shame yourself for thinking like, oh, my self-worth was so low and I can't believe I did that. And I'm so disappointed because I've been working on this so much. And then all of a sudden, not only are we feeling unworthy, again, a feeling, a temporary state, but then we're shaming ourselves. We're putting an additional like kick in the pants, like you messed up, you're not worthy. Now you're doing the shame spiral and you're, it's not fair to you or yourself, right? So you got to believe in yourself when you are dating. And then what you also need to do is believe that somewhere out there, ideally in your city, there is someone that is going to meet your needs, be interesting to you, how you're going to have an attraction with. You need to believe that that person, man, woman, trans person, whoever it is that you are dating, you need to believe that they are out there and they can't wait to meet you. That's so important. If you don't actually believe that as truth, then how on earth are you ever going to attract that? Like (laughs) you have to believe that that exists because, you know, we are our product of our environment. Like we are the result of our thoughts and our beliefs. So if you don't, if you're really believing in the fact that like, oh, this is the worst city to date in, no one here wants to date, it's just ridiculous to even try, then of course that, that thought, you're going to get the results for that thought. You're going to find out people that don't want to date you. You're going to find out people that are like stuck in this choice theory system and can't wait to see how many more people that they can date because that's the result that you're looking for. And then you also have to believe in relationships. I know that sounds strange. It's like this little belief triangle, right? You believe in yourself, you believe in that other person, and then you also have to believe in relationships. So if you are not thinking that a relationship is actually a positive thing, a safe thing, a place where you can feel independent and free and supported and loved, then that's another point of the system that you've got to start to heal. Okay, so when you find yourself in this victim mode of thinking, ugh, this city is the worst, I'm done, I'm sick of it, what I want you to notice is first that you're saying these things. (laughs) 
And there's other victim mode thoughts, right? That are really similar. There's no one good to date in the city. There's no good people out there. Maybe that's not specifically related to your city. That's even like broader. Like that's like the whole world. Or I've already met everyone on the app and there's no one, there's no one good to date. This is all from lack mentality. This is an absolute victim mindset. And so I want you to catch yourself if you think if you're thinking these things. And what I want you to do when you're dating is to, as much as possible, be in that confident belief system about yourself, believing in abundance when you're dating. I want you to be thinking about how many perfect people are, are out there for you. And there's so many perfect people out there for me, and I am going to find them. I'm figuring out how to find them. I'm getting creative on how to find them. I want you to think about what feeling state that puts you in when you actually think these thoughts. Because my guess is it's going to pull you out of that like despair mode and instead get you a little bit curious like, oh, I am getting creative about how to meet that perfect person that's out there for me or those perfect people that are out there for me. Because I want you to think about the options, right? I want you to think about there's an abundant mindset of many different people are out there that would be a great fit for you. The big, they would all be the perfect fit for you. And so if you find yourself in lack, one thing, one quick thing to do, one quick tool is to take a break. <laughs> take a break from the apps. It is so important to do. I did this multiple times. Every couple of months, I would go out on a date. I would have a slew of dates. I'd have fun. Maybe I would date someone for a long time. Maybe I would just date a lot of people. And then I noticed that I was getting a little bit exhausted by it. And I would take a break. And when you take a break, I encourage you to delete the apps from your phone. Take a full break. Don't take a half break. Don't just say like, oh, I'm not, I'm just not even going to respond to people that are messaging me. No. (laughs) No. I want you to completely shut it down. I want you to repair with yourself. I want you, instead of when you're um, in the bathroom on your phone, swiping (laughs) and just thinking, there's no one out here. I've seen all these people. I am bored. And yet I'm still on this app. What I want you to do is delete that app and instead do a meditation. Just do a meditation while you're on the toilet. Think about that. That's like three minutes of self-attunement. That's such a beautiful gift that you can give yourself. And it's hard. It's really hard at first because all of a sudden you're going to deal with all these feelings that you've been running away from by using these apps to give you validation. But guess what? Your validation has to come from you. So take a break. Feel empowered to take a break. You're not going to miss anything. You already believe that there's your city is the worst for dating, right? So maybe delete that app for a couple weeks, see how it feels, do a complete break. And then when you're starting to feel that confidence again, when you're starting to actually believe the thought, I am getting creative about how to meet all the different people that are out there that are the perfect fit for me, then you can start to download them again and maybe do one app at a time and maybe go a little bit slow (laughs) with your matches. And in your responses, just try to slow it down and try to make sure that you're maintaining that abundant mindset when you're on the apps and just try to follow those thoughts. There are many people out there that are the perfect fit for me. And one last quick tip, 
one last quick tip. And this one is for um, anyone out there that has a uterus, a little life hack for when you're putting together your, your dating profile again. So let's say you've deleted all the apps and you're like ready to get back on. If you find during your menstrual cycle that when you're ovulating, that you are like, this is like your time to shine. This is when you are at your like highest peak of self-love and confidence. And I always refer to it as my walking on water time. I like legit feel like I am walking on water. Like no one can touch me. I am like queen of the world. It's the best time. Not everyone feels this way when they're ovulating. That's okay. Try to get to know your cycle a little bit so that you can understand during which of the four phases that you feel this way. Because I guarantee during during one of these phases, you will feel like you're walking on water. So if it's not ovulating, figure out which one it is. Could be follicular, could be luteal, maybe it's menstrual. <laughs> if that is menstrual, will you please DM me on Instagram because I want to talk about that. That sounds amazing and I'm jealous. Um, want to learn more. Sorry, the right emotion is envious. I am um, reading Brene Brown, Atlas of the Heart right now and learning about the true definition of jealousy and it is not how I've used it my entire life. Okay, that's a side note. So figure out what portion of your menstrual cycle that you are in your walking on water phase and use that time to actually write your profile. I say that because you, this is like a natural time to use your your physical energy to put together a profile that you are going to be on top of your game, the best of your game. Because that's when you like want to be showing off to people, right? Um, so try it. See what happens when you're using this little life hack. And let me know how it goes. Find me on Instagram. It's me, Sarah Cohan. That's I-T-S-M-E-S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N. And tell me how it goes. Okay. So if you listen to this and you're just thinking, ooh, I am in lack mentality, come book a free discovery call with me to learn more about how to heal your attachment style. I say this because I want to help you. I have been where you are. I know how daunting and hard this is. I work with people over a 12-week period doing one-on-one coaching sessions to help them tease apart where they are stuck in lack, where they are shaming themselves, and start to gain their confidence slowly. This is through somatic feeling work. This is through understanding emotions deeply and feeling them in your body. I'm going to teach you how to feel emotions and widen your container so that you can hold uncomfortable emotions like rejection, anxiety, shame. I'm going to teach you how to give yourself attunement and validation so that you never have to find that from an exterior source. Never. I'm going to help you with people pleasing. I'm going to help you with boundary setting. And I'm going to do a full deep dive into assessing your own personal needs. This is the most, like, this is the quintessential part of the healing journey. Because when you actually know what your needs are, you start to meet them on your own. You start to ask to get them met. I help you with communication strategies 
and um, exposure plans so that you are getting your needs net moment to moment at all times so that you don't find yourself in the bar upset that that man or that that girl isn't giving you attention. And so you react by drinking more and then all of a sudden you're blackout drunk and you're having this insane fight about how your needs weren't getting met and you don't feel like they're validating you in the right way. I'm going to help you moment to moment break down how to give yourself that need so that you're never, ever over drinking in a bar again. This work is it's phenomenal. This work helps you be a better person. It helps you be more confident. It helps just process emotions. Honestly, after I started doing this, I paid off 20K in credit card debt. I started eating super healthy and clean. I just started really, really taking care of myself. I healed really outdated comparison beliefs. I mean, I used to walk around my city and just be like so mad because I live in a pretty wealthy city. And I would walk around this neighborhood that was really wealthy and I would just walk around and be like, how come these people have this and I don't? And it it made it so difficult for me to leave my house. I would see a Tesla and be like, why does that person have a Tesla and I don't? And now I'm not comparing myself at all. I'm walking outside and I'm like enjoying every blissful moment. That's not true. I'm not enjoying every blissful moment, but I'm able to enjoy the good moments in a much more appreciative way. I'm not saying that everything is going to be happy roses after this, but I am going to teach you how to handle the good and the bad so that you feel like you've got all the tools to deal with anything that comes at you in life. And there are some incredible side benefits that I never expected from doing this work. And one of them is that I've become a phenomenal gift giver. And I know this sounds really strange to some of you because some of you might be like really great gift givers, but in the past, Christmas would come around and I would just like literally be getting people exactly what I wanted. It was it was horrible. Like I would show up and I'd be so anxious and nervous and I'd be like, are they going to like the gift? And then, you know, they'd kind of look at me like, whatever. And it's because I was giving them gifts that I wanted and I wasn't listening to them. I wasn't I was so worried and I was like so people pleasing and so codependent about the reaction. But now that I've like healed all of that, I show up on a, on like special occasions with gifts and I am just showering people with gifts they actually want. It is such a wonderful, amazing connection to have with people. And when people tell me they want a specific gift, I'm like, I'm going to go get that for you <laughs> before I'd be like, why would I get the gift that you just told me to do? It's... <laughs> Like, it's crazy. So I get to be generous. I get to have um, a love language with other people that just giving gifts. And it, it's, I never would have thought that this is a cool new skill that I have because of healing my attachment style. So there's lots of other gifts, but that's the small one I wanted to share. So you can come find me online at sarahcohan.com forward slash coaching. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N dot com forward slash coaching. You can find all the info about my program and you can book a free discovery call in this call. What we're going to do is I'm going to take a look at your current attachment style and I'm going to show you the tools of how to heal. It is such a profound call. It's totally worth your time and it's free. 
So go check it out again. That's sarahcohan.com forward slash coaching. I would love to help you. Okay. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I had a lot of fun thinking about it and putting it together. I guarantee your city is not the worst for dating. Dating is just hard. And um, I really hope to hear from you. And I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Thank you so much. 